I'm Michelle Olivier, and you're listening to Hey, I Want Your Job, the podcast that looks at amazing jobs and what it takes to get them. Welcome to Hey, I Want Your Job. And Kate, I think maybe I do want your job a little bit because it's pretty cool. Hey, Jen, what's your job title? I am an Airbnb setup and decorator specialist. So many questions. So cool. Okay, so when you say you're an Airbnb decorating specialist, do you do it like for like the photo shoot for when they're putting it online or like right before people show up for the first time? Like, when are you doing the staging? So, uh, yes, all of it. I I work for one company called Patriot Family Homes, which is a veteran-owned and operated short-term rental company. So they work with people who are veterans who take out their whole house. So say that you've moved four times in the last 10 years, right? You want to keep your family heirlooms with you. You want to keep everything with you. So, but you're a government employee, so you only make so much, but you don't have to put a down deposit. So you turn it into a rental, your old home, and you take all your stuff out with you and you have a completely empty house. And we have a warehouse of all our bulk ordered items. So hotels that are closing down, we get their couches or their like dining hall information um, and like some other standard goods. And that all comes in on an 18 wheeler. And then from there, I get going. I start from 18 wheeler dropping off to everything else. They pretty much drops off the basics. So um, it's awesome to start fresh, but also not only does it have to be pretty engaging and fun, but it has to be functional. So when you go into a kitchen, where is the cutting board? It makes sense. Or where would I keep olive oil or the extra towels? It all makes sense. Um, So it has not only beauty, but also functionality. Okay. All right. I love it. So do you just get like carte blanche to go nuts? And he'd be like, I feel like that this house is going to be themed for medieval times and we're going to have like night or or do you work with the homeowner like how does it work because i would be like a kid in a candy store on wayfair going nuts if i read you so we have a pretty intensive wayfair account um <laughs> pretty good at it i'd like to say i'm like one of hobby lobby's biggest fans like i'm <laughs> i'm actually an expert people have stopped to watch me drop three grand at hobby lobby with all my carts I bet. Um, I bet. And watched me go by in a parade. Um, well, it is a, some women's absolute dream job. It is a lot of decisions to make, to be in target by yourself, to be like, this all matches. Um, I have a lot of free reign, which is absolutely amazing. I have a budget, a standard business protocol. Um, and then I'm given some basics, like right here, I was given these blue bunk beds. So I have to make the blue bunk bed work. So, um, but I can change out rugs. I get to choose all the art. I get to choose all the things that actually makes the home a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I just might be sent the couch. I have to okay. make it work. And it's funny you would mention a castle because we actually have a castle. Yes! 
Oh, that is so cool. In Columbus, Georgia, we have a castle. Um, and I'm pretty sure John Travolta just stayed there. That's the rumor our cleaners are are saying. They were pretty convinced. Wow. The film coming out soon. Very cool. Well, now I'm even more impressed. Although, to be fair, like just the giant Wayfair and Target budget, like you had me at that. So when you're doing all of this, talk to me about like the practicalities. Because I would think that from a homeowner's perspective, they probably come at you with like, your budget is 50 cents and you're like, not a thing. How do you like, what is a reasonable budget to get a property up and appropriately sort of kitted out for Airbnb? Um, So we do have like a little bit of an algorithm and there are different tiers of houses, but we really are focused around affordability for homes. So we have a lot of like three bedroom houses, like two to three bedroom houses, four bedroom houses that are in the 350 to 180 range of a, a night. Okay. We really want like a families to stay family there. And we're, we were founded around bases and um, those guys have to like, if you're waiting for housing, um, you might be there for a month or two waiting to get a house or waiting to close on a house. Um, so while we might not be the most luxurious of houses, we have a lot of utilitarian homes as well. We, besides like our castles and our like one-offs that are really, really fun. Um, but in the, like the, in the functional, I just need a home to stay for the week. I'm budget friendly. I want to go to Pigeon Forge. I want to go to Tennessee. I can't drop 200 bucks a night for every kid who wants to stay in the same room. Right. Um, we pretty much decorate a room at like 500, kid it completely out at $500 a bedroom is like what our goal is, which is way easier when you have your own warehouse and you bulk order massively. So So where is the warehouse? In Athens, Tennessee. Okay. But then the properties are everywhere, right? Right now I'm in Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm working on two of my first ones in here. Um, The other one, this one is really cute little bungalow style home and then the other one has a tennis court and a pool house pool um so it's a little fancier um bougie it is bougie uh but it will still be uh functional for a family so we have like bunk beds we have like other things that are options um definitely depends on the different price points so so my mom had a beach house for a long time um, and this was actually the whole price point thing. That's a really good point because that was one of our ongoing family arguments. And when I say argument, I mean like tables were flipped, doors were slammed, like because it affected every single thing we ever did. So my mom, our argument was that top tier price points takes more investment to get there, but is easier to maintain in the long run because you have it, there's a greater expectation of care for the property and they're not going to balk at like, you know, you break it, you get a $5,000 bill or something like that. Whereas the lower ones are the ones where they're like, Oh, did I break that? And then shoved it behind the thing and hope nobody noticed for six weeks. And how I would love to hear you as a professional 
weigh in and I won't tell you where I fell on on all of this like what is your thought like if you had a beach house that was your personal one that you were going to Airbnb would you go for the top back uh, top market would you go for like the family market midpoint like what where would you try to pitch that well I'm 26 so my forcing of budget would be on the lower tier <laughs> okay okay um but I, so there's something called cash on cash return mm-hmm and so when you're doing real estate investments, uh, we're like also like one of the only vertically integrated companies. So say you wanted to get into it, but didn't know how you could come to us and we would help you. So, um, how does, so in my family, we have this ongoing argument with about my mom's beach property about whether or not it makes more sense to invest a little more at the beginning and then have the house be at like the top tier or to cheap out and save money and have it had a more of the mid-tier or low-tier end of rentals. The argument being that the higher-end property takes more of an initial investment, but means that it, it maintains better because the people that you're renting to have a higher expectation of preserving the property, have a higher expectation of you know care they're not going to bulk at a big bill for something that got soiled etc what is your take on all of that so i wouldn't necessarily bank on investing in high-end pieces and then them being well maintained so okay. just because if you're doing a larger fancier short-term rental um and say they split it between say it's a thousand dollars a night they split it between five people that's still fairly affordable and maybe those thousand dollars a night for those five people are just wealthy college kids. They're still gonna treat it like college kids. Um, and your pottery barn, white couch, may still be <laughs> disastrously <laughs> destroyed. Um, and people are pretty rough on rentals. So while I invest in pieces that are bolted down, like art, um, hardier, sturdier decor, you have to really think about if someone didn't care about the home, how would they necessarily treat it? Um, so I don't put things that are incredibly expensive. Like I wouldn't put a $300 lamp in a property or fine china because mm -hmm. they're still going to be used and abused sure. for people who are just using them as public utilities. So um, your, your company maintains the properties sort of once they've been done. One of the issues that we always have was loss prevention. That like mm -hmm. we would, like at least once or twice a year, we had to go in and buy all new cutlery and dishes because they would just disappear. Even if they were plastic, they would just disappear throughout the season. That ha that can't just be us. That has to be like a normal. No, thing. how do you I, handle that? It's just the price of doing business, unfortunately. Um, it just even in our nicer homes, um, we do have like a higher level of care in some of our properties that are specifically marketed towards longer term tenants. So say mm -hmm. traveling nurses that pay two grand a month to stay. Um, I would not get so caught up in how you invest versus what your, it's not your home. So that's like the hard thing with short-term rentals is you have mm -hmm. to separate it from being, this is my home and this is my business. My business is, my goal is to make money. If your goal is for it to be your second vacation place away from your house that is cherished with your family's memories in it, then maybe you want to be pickier on which guests you allow or who you 
like what are your parameters? Do you want to have anyone under 35 or do you want to have only couples versus like large families? What is your perimeters that way? But if you're treating it like a business, then really it's a spreadsheet, which is heartbreaking for someone who's into making it look pretty. It's like, <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm hearing how much you love doing the pretty. And then I'm hearing they're going to trash it. Like, does it hurt your heart when you come in and you're like, what happened to my masterpiece? I am not part of the cleaning or maintenance team. Okay. <laughs> so it hurts a little less. Um, but I'm also aware that I put things in places that can be knocked in, like that can be utilitarian. So like, mm -hmm. I don't put a very skinny vase on a table in a walkway. Sure. Is someone coming in with their suitcase knocks into it. Um, so taking all that into consideration is part of the design process. Sure. Um, and then making we sure you have good dishwares that are heavy and have good... Yeah plates that was it was surprising to us how many sofas we went through like there was an insane number of sofas the things that would happen to our befall sofas all the time was like it felt so she had one two three sofas in like the downstairs living room area we had to replace at least one a year and this was part of where the argument would always come it's like well you keep buying $300 Ikea sofas, and then you keep being surprised that they bite it. Oh, yeah. We definitely invest in hardy materials. So um, we invest in, like, sofas that are around, like, the $800 to $1,200 range that have, like, that are sturdy um, mm -hmm. for, but not necessarily a white pottery Never bar. white. No, it, I'm a mother of two small, horrible children. I am very clear. Nothing should ever be white, ever. <laughs> and we also actually partner with this really great company called Miracle Lake. Um, they are a, like, Christian rehab and um, not, like, rehabilitation center. So they're in Athens, Tennessee, they have this amazing 180 acre old campground that was like used to be a summer camp. And so when guys, men who are getting out of jail are getting out of rehab and they need some place to go before the in-between, like mm -hmm. they skill, they need to skill build. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. Like it's like a very controlled, serene on a lake environment. It is stunning. And they spend four hours of their day doing woodworking. And so we buy a lot of their woodworked tables and uh, dining tables and other different things as a, like their hard oak that's donated from 18 wheelers. It's the base of the wheelers. And then they learn to do that. I actually visited around Christmas time and they're all singing Christmas carols. Oh, and wow. I was like, this workshop. Um, <laughs> It's amazing and it's so beautiful and they uh it's a really like peaceful place to be and then they also do a stint doing woodwork and then they learn to go be mechanics with honda so they're like the same company is partnered with honda um and they go learn mechanical skills and then if you're able to do woodworking and mechanics a lot of doors open up for you yeah and those are i mean that's so smart because those are areas that you know, usually have less of an issue with people with criminal record, et cetera. And that's, that is awesome. So you guys buy from there. You buy from so there. The 
things are, they are hearty. They take a beating. <laughs> um, and they look really good because it's just quality oak and all the oak is from the base of 18 wheelers. Um, Cause like 18 wheelers can't have metal on the base because they get weighed, right? So okay. they uh, use that and repurpose it. So it's a recycling program as well. Um, and then they restain that and turn it into anything. And then also if you're a man and maybe you aren't able to keep a regular job, if you're able to like attend farmer's markets and sell woodwork cutting boards, you're able to provide for yourself. That's maybe, amazing. Maybe if you're like mental health or if your age is not yeah, yeah. prepared to be a hundred percent at a traditional nine to five, this is also an option. Um, and they're just the greatest guys and all of it's run by previously incarcerated individuals. Amazing. So it sounds like you invest heavily in tables. My mm-hmm. guess is chairs as well. Um, yeah. sofas. So, and you said that you do recommend investing in gooder, uh, gooder, not a word, better quality, um, uh, dishes, that sort of thing. So that they don't break the first time. Um, what are the areas that you can save money? when you're designing, like, what are the, like, in your home, you might spend a lot, but because this is a spreadsheet and we're trying to make money, you want to cut corners on, on these items. Um, so I buy what I do and what I would recommend for myself are a little bit different because I'm doing things at speed. So Mm -hmm. right now, um, I don't have any art when I arrive and I turn out a house like a week. And so like purchasing local art, um, buying stuff that makes sense for the area that makes sense for the time period of the house and like honoring. We have a lot of historic homes in Cincinnati. I worked on an 1888 house. Um, It was so cool until I tried to mount a TV and it was made of stack stone and it exploded on me. I had no idea what that was. I'd never heard of stack stone before. It's literally like the Germans in the 1800s were stacking their houses together. Oh my God. (laughs) It was crazy. Um, yeah, that TV just went and sat in the mantle. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm not messing with that. Uh, so those properties, I try to honor them for what they are. And so uh, buying art that fits it. And like, I really try to buy local art or Tuesday morning is a great option for if you're trying to like budget, they always have clearances. Um, but if you're really trying to save money um, and you have the time, time is a big part of this. I would recommend getting canvases from Goodwill and then getting white spackled painting that you would like fix drywalls and Mm -hmm. then creating canvases of just textured modern art over Goodwill canvases. So then you could have art for like $5 because a roughly pieces over three feet are 180 bucks. Okay. And if you're able to make it $6, um, you can really make a lot very beautiful via Facebook marketplace, Salvation Army, Goodwill, antique stores. I love it. That is such a cool idea. I can't even tell you that's so I love that. What about things like linens? Because I know again in my family with the arguments, like my mom is a big like, I bought these sheets for two dollars and we're like, and now they've been used twice and we have to throw them away and buy new ones. Like so is that I- I think I, all our homes personally have white linens. Okay. Um, no, white linens are not the best for 
um, longevity because like the slightest sweat stain on them might be visible later in the future or a little kid with a Crayola. Um, the only ones that aren't are the little kids bunk beds. We have to keep it all navy blue, but the um, all the other ones are white and we think it eases our guest minds to like, mm -hmm. like see start cleanliness rather than like a, a lot of patterns, like we're trying to hide a stain. Um, we have everything stark white and we order from like there's hotel direct websites and okay. then we order hotel stuff. Always have multiple sets of sheets. So your cleaners don't feel frantic, say they're turning over property and they're terrified that something happened to it and they have to go out and buy it and the guest is checking in in an hour. So how many sets would you recommend per bed? One, two, nine? So I bring a lot to these houses, <laughs> I bring, okay. but that's because we have a warehouse that has a huge, huge access to bulk orders and then they can set like a year's worth of set come to me um to make sure that we're able to provide that if that's the case because our warehouse is in tennessee and i'm in texas so shipping is expensive sure um i would at least have three or four per thing Perfect. definitely minimum two so you can have one in the washing machine and then also one on the bed okay and um, i personally am a big believer in at least three probably four because Again, as a mom, kids pee on shit. And so if I'm there, I want to have an extra set as a guest that I can change the bed if we need to. And so to my mind, you always need to have two sets for your guests. And then you don't know what happened to those sheets. So you want to wash both of those and have two new. But that's me. And I'm often an over overachiever again. I would, I mean, I also would recommend four, but we're talking about different budgets and getting started when you're young versus different time periods. Like if you're away from your rental or if it's a spare bedroom in your house, it's a little bit different pace. Because a lot of people have vacancies in their own personal home. Which I, I know that that happens. And I know I have friends that have done it and loved it. They're like, I meet the coolest people. I'm not that person myself. I am too big of a fan of true crime. I'm like, this is how people get murdered and hidden in the backyard. Like, that seems like a terrible plan. I personally don't work on any of those houses. That is someone's home. Um, <laughs> and, and that's not my, I would rather go stay in a hotel at that stage. Um, yeah. But also, if I was in the position, if I made an extra X amount of money a month, if I was traveling all the time and that was what I needed to do, then I understand that as well. Um, one of the things I would recommend you're talking about being booked all the time versus investing. I think houses should, occupancy is something that freaks people out when having a rental because you have a lot of overhead. And so sometimes people make their houses cheaper and cheaper so that they can elevate their occupancy. So say they're very excited to be at 98%. We don't really want your house at 98% because that's a lot of wear and tear on your home. Okay. If you have it at 98%, that means you're too cheap. And that means you need to raise your prices. Like the goal is to be between like high 60s to like low 80s. And okay. if you're lower than that, so say you're at 40%, then maybe your price needs to come down. So the market will help dictate 
whether you need to invest or raise your rates or lower your rates. But I think I would that's also, Yeah, I would also think that part of it would be that like, if you're at 98%, like how would you do maintenance? Like, how would you, to my mind, like that property, you can't get in there to fix things that need fixing or replace things because it, it's just back to back. And yeah, 98% looks different in a lot of ways. Was it two people that rented out for two weeks each? Or was it 30 people that stayed one night? Like it looks very different and whatever your business looks like, it, just adapt it in that capacity. But if you're just a weekender and a weekday and renting it and you're at really high occupancy, you might want to raise your rates, earn some little money. So from for your role with staging the properties, what are your KPIs? Like how do your bosses know that you do a good job? Do you just send the pictures and like, oh, Kate, that's so pretty. Good job. And like, end, you were on, you were on budget and it looked great and they're happy. Or is there, is there a certain like, you know, level of feedback from people who stay or like, how did, how do you get measured in terms of being awesome? Pretty much just have fun. Talk to us in a week, send pictures in. How's it going? It's pretty awesome. I don't have to like, I, I keep in the loops. I have multiple Monday, like morning meetings about, Hey, the grass needs to be cut. I arrived and the landscapers didn't do a good job or Hey, I found a hole somewhere, but, um, pretty much it's just aesthetically, like it looks great. And like the timeliness in which you finish it, like if you finish it in like a week, awesome. If it took you three weeks, they might have a little bit more words to say, but that's never happened before, unless something that's been out of my control, like a hot tub broke or something. So do you handle, like, do you project manage tilers and painters and all of those folks who come in and do all that? Or is all that done before you and you're just the, the final stage? Um, so I'm part of the setups team. And so what's awesome is there's actually a lady um, who her entire job is just calling people to make sure the utilities are turned on, make sure the electricity's going, the water's going. I've learned a ton about houses. Prior to this, I'd always been an apartment renter and I didn't realize how complicated dealing with city sewage was. Um, but handling Surprisingly, all unnecessarily complicated. You have no idea, Kate. And we have, 30, uh, we have 30 cities and each city is different. So um, navigating those relationships, someone else is able to do that. So I can bang this out and um, make sure it's as nice for guests as possible. So who gets to pick things like the flooring and the paint colors and all that? Because I would have thought that that would need to go with you in the design a little bit. Different types of short-term rentals. So there are some that we own that we're able to do part of the renovation process. And we have an awesome renovation team in-house. And then we also work with local contractors. For example, we bought a failing, not failing, an old timeshare out in Pigeon Forge um, called Pinecrest Townhomes. It's literally right next to Dollywood. You hear the train. Um, it is and so it, damn cute. I can't hardly can stand that. Over. It's super cute. So we bought it, um, it was from the eighties. And no one had decorated since. So it had green carpet and very bear themed. 
a lot of bears. Um, Yeah, and so we are turning that into a 27 unit like Airbnb resort. And so that has taken way more oversight, right? So that's taken a whole, like multiple renovation meetings. We're working our way, like so it's available now in some of the homes, but then some of the homes are working through still just depends on what they are. Um, and those are super affordable. So like eight people can stay in them and it's only like 175 a bucks a month or night, sorry. Oh, wow. 175 a night, which is really great for people trying to make Dollywood work because going to theme parks is hard. I'm not sure if you've yeah. ever been out to Dollywood. I haven't, and it is on my list. Like, I really want to go to Dollywood. I'm such a huge fan. You have no idea. So, just to beat Disney World is the number one theme park in America. Amazing. Because Dolly is the best. It is the most naturally beautiful theme park I've ever seen. Because it's, like, in the mountains, so everything's, like, carved into the Blue Ridge Mountains. And instead of it being, like, kitschy, like, theme park-y... It's like moonshiner, pioneer day themed, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. I've seen so many videos and pictures and everything of Dollywood. I love like the story behind why she opened it and like all of the the charitable stuff that goes along with it. I mean, like who doesn't love Dolly Parton? Morally suspect people don't love Dolly Parton. Um, the Dollywood uh, Christmas like movie there right now so I know a lot of co-workers have seen Dolly Parton and I think Willie Nelson was there and um what's his name uh the talk show host Kenny not Kenny I'm sorry Ma- the major talk show host Fallon of- Jimmy Fallon oh. he was He's in it. He's walking around and Reese Witherspoon. And so they're all, it's all Christmas themed right now for the movie. That's awesome. That is and so sell, cool. Like they sell like pie flavored moonshine everywhere, which is great. We love that. It doesn't make any sense. They made deals with like the Wiccans that like not have it burn. It's amazing. I, that, that is amazing. So back to the pie crust lodge, because I have questions. Does the beer, does the bear theme continue? Because I hope that bears were repurposed. And so there are quite a few bears still in our properties, but they've been brought into the 21st century. um, Because you still want to feel like it's so beautiful. It's up on the hill and tucked away. And you still want to feel like you're secluded. You're in Pigeon Forge. You're in the mountains. And a lot of people visit in the fall to go uh, hike. Like just the national park is stunning. and so maybe it, the it's more like smoky gray outlines of bears and less bear lamp. Large wooden bear <laughs> interface. Yeah. Um, less with less the taxidermy and more with like the suggestion of a bear. More like the old uh, Twilight Woods like screensavers with like the gray blue like mist. Okay. okay. And, um, <laughs> Less like deer horns. <laughs> <laughs> so how many properties at this point have you gotten to stage? Um, so I'm probably, so we have 400 total. So mm. I've participated in many. Um, and then this is probably rounding out my 30th, 40th-ish that I'm working on as an individual. That's a lot. 
So first of all, how did you get this job in the first place? Because this job sounds awesome. Like it travel around, buy shit at Target, stage a really cool house. Like, how did this happen? Um, so almost all of our my coworkers are either veterans or in the military community. So a lot of military spouses have a hard time finding jobs yep. that they're able to move with. And so having remote work is really difficult. You want to still have your independence as a woman, but you also want to be able to exist in the community and then use your skills, but also be it. A lot of military spouses are at the bearing kids age. Um, so uh, I work with like 30 to 40 other women that are military spouses. Um, and then I have a background in commercial real estate from Dallas. Okay. Um, while I loved commercial real estate in Dallas, it was a little bit Mad Men meets Wild West for me. Well, so to I, be fair, you were doing it in Dallas. And so, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, so I had a quarter life crisis and okay. I moved to okay. Thailand and I joined a monastery because I took Eat, Pray, Love really seriously. Okay. And then I found out about COVID in the monastery. Um when a police officer told us that Europe was closed. And so that was really fun. <laughs> and I was in it for six months. <laughs> um, so I got stuck there and then I got kicked back home and my parents were still, my dad was a Marine. And so I got kicked home to a base in North Carolina and someone had posted this job and I had the commercial real estate marketing background. I had like a super great understanding of like marketing in the real estate world. Um, but I wanted to have a company that aligned with more of who I was and gave me opportunities to travel mid COVID. I couldn't go anywhere out of the country. I didn't know what to do with myself, not being able to leave, like, and wander around. Um, and this was like the perfect mix of every aspect of who I am, um, while able to keep the doors open. My boyfriend lives out in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma with one stoplight. So it's awesome to go home and then get to leave. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just so quaint. It's like Pigeon Forge. Okay, bye. <laughs> Pigeon Forge is a thriving metropolis. I, I I did not mean that in any way disparagingly of Pigeon um, Forge. I'm not sure if you've ever been out to like Medicine Park in Oklahoma. Mm. No, but my family is Comanche. So that is literally our land yeah <laughs> i'm familiar it's, yeah. it's comanche county yeah. i live in the middle of comanche county um okay. there's like bison around everywhere on my bike rides i went on a jog the other day and i got hit by a tumbleweed i was like this is enough <laughs> like, I'm done. take me to hobby lobby <laughs> so <I signed> him. <laughs> um, yeah so um, it's really great. It's great that I have the opportunity to do all of this. And then also with a community um, of people that care about me as a professional and as an individual. We're a so, small startup. So as an individual, like as somebody, the company that invests in you as an individual, what does that look like? What does career progression look like for you? Do you wind up being like the buyer that negotiates the the contracts with Wayfair or like what? Where do you go from here? Um, so we have an amazing director of development. Her name is Kate Homme. I'm also Kate, but her name is Kate Homme. And she uh, is our acquisition specialist. And 
like she is my my goals of what I'm trying to learn to be okay uh, she just had her third baby she was a West Point grad she's married to a West Point professor she just had her third baby and while she was eight months pregnant she closed on 50 houses in one week like she's an, a force to be reckoned with and she I sounds would, it. she's so cool I would love to put myself in a position where I am a real estate investor like maybe three or four houses of my own and then I have the opportunity to be like a breadwinning stay-at-home mom. Okay. I'd like to be retired at late 30s but still very much the breadwinner. Okay. Um, I just think that real estate opens those stores for you that you don't have to put in the 60 hours and then balance it. So if you were going to do that and you were like, okay, great. We're going to start making this happen. I'm going to get my first property. Obviously, Comanche, Oklahoma is probably not the hotbed of Airbnb like travel that one would necessarily want to start in. So where would you make your first purchase? Where would you want your first Airbnb to be? Um, I've already tried a few times in Savannah. Okay. Um, my barrier for entry, um, people were able to do all cash offers and I was not able to compete. Got it. Um, so that was in the height of the market. Um, and so I would like to start off in like Savannah um, or the Southeast coast. One of like the major things to consider when you're looking at short-term rentals is like, are you worried about seasonality? So okay. yes, Palm Beach, Florida might be awesome in the summer, but who goes in January? So like, what are your levels of influx or deflux? And um, how does that affect your bottom line? So I'm looking for places that have a relative consistency. They might have a busier season and a less busy season, but not a shocking drop off. Cause they, you don't want your house to sit. Yeah. So with my mom's, it was always really interesting because it was a beach, like it was literally on the sand, like the dune line was the front yard. And um, you would have thought like so there was definitely a season, right? So Labor a Memorial Day to Labor Day, but Thanksgiving rentals through the roof and Christmas and New Year rentals through the roof. want to gather with their family and a lot of people who live in apartments or say they live 10 hours away from each other, they cut the distance and do five hours. We yeah. have a ton of people who stay with us for Thanksgiving and we put together these Thanksgiving baskets that have like everything you would need to make a, a Thanksgiving dinner within like reason, like the little tin baskets, napkins, themed bows, the whole nine yards. Oh my God, that's so sweet. I love that. So these properties sound like exactly the kind of properties that would make me want to do Airbnb, but we have tried many times Airbnb and the last two or three times we tried, literally like we got there, the house was gross mm -hmm. and not just gross, but unsafe. Mm -hmm. And I had to be like, tell my husband, we, the children cannot be allowed on the floor, like get the kids, get them in the car. I'm going to go around and take a picture of everything. I'm going to argue with Airbnb about giving us a refund. And then we're just going to have to go get a hotel. Um, and that's happened three times. And my husband was like, and now Airbnb is dead to us. 
So what am I doing wrong? What should you be looking for to make sure that you're getting a quality property with Airbnb? I would definitely read all the reviews. Um, like the reviews are very important in how many and how old they are. So if they have 15 reviews, but no one's reviewed it in the last six months, why is that? What's happening there? Or say everyone who has reviewed it has the same last name. That's a little suspicious. Like, is it like mom and dad and aunts and uncles coming to stay? Um, and then maybe uh, run the relative area. Like you can do a Google images walk, but that's also like, look at the date of the Google images of the outside, if that's something you're interested in. Um, because sometimes those change, but that kind of gives you a feel for the area. So maybe the house is super, super cute, but there's a massive highway or intersection on the corner and you didn't notice that. Um, those are also important things to consider, which is a little bit harder because you don't have the address until you book. I'm just realizing that from your end. Um, reviews are important. Also, sometimes with Airbnbs, you can take the, the image search. So take the first image and then reverse Google image search that property. And you can look at it on VRBO and TripAdvisor or wherever else, and they might have additional information. So when you travel, do you stay in Airbnbs or do you stay in hotels? Well, I'm almost exclusively traveling for work right now. So <laughs> I am gone at least 12 to 15 or 12-ish days a month. So I'm traveling quite a lot. That's the third month. Um, and I'm pretty much always in the property when I'm there. Um, when I travel, I haven't gone, I like stay in Airbnbs with them when I'm with groups. 100% um, if I have a, more than three or four people, I'll stay in an Airbnb. Um, if I'm by myself, I might stay in a hotel. But I also don't think like just one night in an Airbnb makes a lot of sense unless you're doing that room share. Yeah. I don't need a whole house. It seems, yeah, a little excessive from that perspective. So um, when you're, so you travel for 12 days a month, but there's like 30 days in a month. So what does your job entail for the other 20 some odd days of the month? For the other 20 uh, days a month? I work with the like warehouse and setup team. So there's a lot of logistics and operations that go into this. It's um, so you get have, like photos of the property that you're going to stage and then you work with the warehouse to get everything ordered. So we have, so I also work with the acquisitions team that helps with the whole process and the renovation team. So say the renovation team is looking at colors or flooring and that's a house that we're able to do that in. That's an option. But if it's a house that's just being leased to us or someone's buying or someone's coming to us and be like, this is my house, I want you to make this work. Those are different types of conversations to have. Um, but when I am home, I will be walking, looking through video walkthroughs, planning, making sure that the deliveries are all correct, making sure the dishwashers and everything all look great. Um, but there's a ton of logistics and operations that go into it which is why we're able to turn things around in a week rather than getting to a house, having to go buy all the beds, having to go buy all the linens. Um, it definitely changes things. We've had a lot of lessons learned that have gone into this startup. 
So do you personally like screw together all of the flat pack furniture and all of that? Or do you have like a team that you're supervising there? Or is it just literally you, Kate, and like your tool bag and good luck? So I have um, a few people that help me unpack this trailer. And then I have like five hours with them. And if I'm able to get them to build the bed frames, that's awesome. And then it's me. Wow. I mount TVs. I check breaker boxes. I build grills. I build outdoor furniture. Um, I've built a swing set before. Um, I'm getting better and better. I helped build a volleyball court with like a whole nine yards. Um, Damn girl. No, I'm getting, at the beginning of this job, I had to Google how to get the drill bit released. Um, which my contractors thought was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. Just me sitting on the ground with a YouTube video trying to get the drill bit out. So my mom is very proud. So you've come quite a long way <laughs> in your DIY. Yeah. Because I was, I was heavier. I was more heavily involved in the operations side, in the logistics. And I still am. But part of understanding what the actual problems are for other teams, because it's not just me. It's like a team of like 20. So I report back what is working and what's not working because maybe our younger designers are not in a position where they are as critical of the operation side or as willing to give feedback. So I give feedback in that regards or I do the training videos and all of those things as well. Wow. That's Love a lot. It. Yeah. And I do all, because I do marketing as well. I do all like the TikTok videos and the fun stuff. So I do get, when I go to travel, I get to go to explore the city a little bit more than some of the other designers are inclined to do. Okay. So how, so if a regular person was like, hears this and thinks, this is a great company. They do great things for great humans. I have a property that I was thinking about making an Airbnb. Do they just call them and you guys take anybody? Can anybody sign up with your company to manage it from an Airbnb perspective? How does it work? Yeah, so we have a awesome property management team. Um, one of the things that we look at is how successful we think your property will be. And like, is it worth it to be an Airbnb? Or are you just bringing in us a house that no one's going to stay at? And so we do, we underwrite it for our clients. So we look at it and we have a lot of software. We have a back to those spreadsheets. We've got a lot of spreadsheets and one helps us through that to see what your projected profitability would be. Um, and then we also look to see if it's like logistically possible for us. Like, is it a one-off house in the middle of Nevada where we're not able to provide that service for you, but we can look around and see what we recommend and report back to you. Um, or is it in one of our places that we're already in our 30 cities that are established? Right now, we're taking a little bit of a pause on accepting new clients for a month or two. And then um, we're at a wave of setups right now. Um, but after that, we'll be accepting new people. That's amazing. So do you have a secret city on your wish list that you hope that they expand into next so that you get to go there to stage a property? That you're like, like, come on, Las Vegas, or, you know, let's go Boise. I don't know. Like where, if you, if I let you pick where they're going to expand next, where would it be? 
So we don't really hang out in a lot of major, major cities. We normally are in more underserviced cities. Like we're not coming to Austin anytime soon. But no one is in Corpus Christi, like downtown or Columbus, Georgia or Athens, Tennessee. Those are more of our bread and butter because there's not as much competition. And like the market in Austin is absolutely Ridiculous. Yeah. It's insane. I am very, very familiar. Trust me. Yes. And so when we're coming to places that are underserved, like if there might not be another four bedroom house for rent or a five bedroom house. So that limits us down. We're in um, our major markets are Columbus, Georgia, Savannah, which does have a lot, but um, Birmingham, Alabama, Mobile, Pensacola, and then um, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which does have a lot, but it's a little bit different out there. Um, I would love to go to the west, go Boise, Montana, Wyoming. My parents actually live in Anchorage, Alaska, so I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, wow. I think that would be a very hard sale. <laughs> I think our truck driver might quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I draw the line at Alaska, contiguous 48 or bust. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're ta we've talked about clients who are in different countries as well, um, but that's, we're, we're only a few years old. Um, we started in 2018 when our CEO deployed and his wife went home to her family and went to work. And so um, he managed it actually from a box in Ukraine. He was in a little um, cargo shipping container with his home as his first Airbnb. Um, so we've grown a lot since then, but uh, I would like to go out west. I just think Montana and Wyoming are so cool and so beautiful. The United States' national parks are awesome. That's amazing. Okay, we are out of time. So what have I not asked you that I should have asked? I think we've covered quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. It has been fascinating and I have to say I am more jealous of your job now than I was when we started because it sounds so cool um thank you so much for taking the time to share all that with me and and to tell us all about it thank you Kate thank you you've been listening to hey I want your job for more information on how you can get your own awesome job, visit ONH Consulting at www.onhconsulting.com. We offer incredible resumes, no-nonsense career advice, and real-world tips for landing a job in today's market. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta for more insider information. Soon, you'll be hearing us say, I'm Michelle Olivier, and hey, I want your job. <laughs>